Good morning, ladies and um, the gent at the back, the two gents. It's an absolute honor and privilege to be here. My name was shortened, which um, I'm not surprised because my surname is this long. Uh, My surname is actually Constantinides, and um, I'm not not the current Miss Earth. I'm a former Miss Earth. It's no problem at all. Um, I have many variations of my name, in fact, so... um, Constantine is perfect. Uh, that comes from the, the, the Greek royalty of um, hundreds of years ago, so I really don't mind. Um, it is really, really such a privilege to be here with such an amazing um, energy in this room, and um, I thank you for, for having me here this morning. Before, before I uh, came up here, when I was really privileged to, to hear what Lerata had to say, and hear the amazing questions that came from from you. I sort of said, okay, well, I'm not really going to to come up here and give you the the actual speech that that I decided to to put together for today. And um, I jotted down a few notes. And these are a few notes of of things that I wanted to share with you um, coming out of such an amazing, such an inspirational talk. And um, if you'll allow me, I'm going to... I've just jotted down some things, and I I want to say a few things to you. So just to give you a bit of background, I um, went to to Mondial Primary, Mondial High School in the south of Joburg, and um, I don't know if anyone else that's in this room went to Mondial High or Mondial Primary. Okay. So um, I I was very privileged to go to to these schools and to to get an education. Um, When you grow up, you have this idea of uh, where you want to go, what you want to do with your life. And I think it's really important that we grow up and we, we instill in children and in teenagers that we must dream and we must have a hope for something that's bigger than ourselves and our circumstance. And it's so strange how I have no doubt, because it's part of human nature, that I come up here and I stand here and you've already put me in a box. And we, we do this. We make sure that there's something that's pre-programmed in our minds. And we, in fact, will judge someone. I think it's within the first 30 seconds uh, of, of seeing that person. That person doesn't even have to have spoken, but you will judge them and you will categorize, categorize them into a box. So I'd like to, for this reason, give you a bit of background about where I come from and um, the many, many challenges that I faced as a young woman of South Africa. Uh, And all of these have been challenges that have molded and shaped who I am and where I'm going on my journey. I grew up in a very, very modest family. Um, I've got a younger brother and sister. And, uh, you know, I grew up in a home where we could not afford to have more than one meal a day. And I, in fact, some of my fondest memories were sharing a meal with my father every single day. He'd put me on his lap and we would share a pie. And that's what he could afford and that's what we ate. So I don't come from a very rich background and I didn't get this private education. And um, I suppose I would fit into that kind of box and mold. However... I left high school and I decided that I was going to study. I did um, as I worked as hard as I could. I got an exemption. I was accepted at university, and um, I was accepted on a bursary because I couldn't afford. My parents couldn't afford for me to study further. But during my school years, I was um, a young entrepreneur from probably about five or six. 
Um, I would collect things. I would make them into other things. I would cut up magazines. I would stick them into paper and make my own uh, books and make people that I knew or people I would engage with buy the things that I had. And I'd make my own money that I could buy something at the tuck shop or buy something for my sister and I to play with. And um, I'd get very excited after I'd, I'd saved enough money to do something with that money. That money could maybe be 5, 10, 15 rand, but I'd really pride myself in, in this collection of money. So when I went to university and I was accepted and I got a bursary, my dream was always to, to study um, law and anthropology. And I started and I went through my first two years of, uh, or my first year of anthropology and law. I absolutely loved it. I was very passionate about what I was studying. And in my second year, um, I, I got a really terrifying um, notification that my bursary was being taken away. And my bursary was being taken away because by my surname, they didn't realize that I, my tan wasn't dark enough. And because I was not a black young South African, I was not entitled to that bursary any longer, even though I had now been studying for 18 months. After applying for seven other bursaries, which were all declined before, because of the same reason, um, I was forced to, to leave my studying. So I decided that I would continue and try to find ways try to nurture this entrepreneurial spirit and find ways to ensure that my younger brother and sister could choose to go into any school they wanted and they could, I would make sure that my goal was that I would get them a tertiary education. So I worked very, very hard, did all kinds of things, started a magazine. I think that came from um, the, the passion and, and the drive of, of magazines from when I was younger. I did that for about six years, and that was very successful. And this magazine focused specifically on the South African arts and entertainment industry. And um, when I was, was quite young, I finished school um, two years ahead of um, most of the, the age of uh, the people that were in my class when we matriculated. So I was quite lucky because I got a bit of a head start in that way. When I was 17, I got to to do some work overseas. I got a few modeling contracts. I did them because they were really fun and it was commercials on TV and this and that and I did them for the extra money. I went overseas and unfortunately I was, um, yeah, one of the, one day I'm going to write a book. I was, um, I was part of a human trafficking syndicate and um, I, was, I was captured in the Middle East and they told me that to cut a long story short, I wasn't going to come home. I wasn't allowed to tell anyone what was going on. Otherwise, they'd kill me. And um, I need to just accept that I am now belong to some sheik that I'd never met. And I wasn't going to be brought home. Um, it happened because I arrived at, a, uh, at an airport. And this airport was quite a small airport, probably smaller than the size of this room. It was in the Sinai. And after that, they told us our, our passports hadn't been stamped, so we were all illegally in the country, which was true. And when we handed our passports in, which one should never do when they're traveling, um, after about five days after everyone else got their passports, I realized I hadn't. And every time I asked questions, I realized something's not right. And when I put my foot down and said, I, I demand to have that passport because I'm leaving, they then locked me up and told me, well, I'm not going anywhere. However, as a young girl who um, was determined that I was going to be anyone's prisoner, um, even if I died trying, I was going to ensure that I got back home. 
And eventually I sold the story to a journalist at CNN in order for him to smuggle me through the Sinai Desert to get back to Cairo. And I made sure that I came back home. It took a long time and it was a very scary journey and one of the many, many challenges that I've had to face as a young girl. But it taught me that, unfortunately, we as women do not support other women enough. We do not stand by our sisters enough. And it's something we have to do. I realized at that time how many young girls are stuck behind very high walls in the Middle East and other parts of the world. But I wasn't going to be a statistic and I wasn't going to be a subject of the situation. So for me, that was something I came back, I continued to work. I didn't let that, that destroy me. As difficult as it was, emotionally there was a lot to deal with and um, mentally there was a lot to deal with. But I was going to ensure that I was going to make a success of who I was and who I wanted to be. Earlier somebody mentioned education. I think it was you in a question. And for me, education is imperative. Even though I could not get a university education, I ensured that I enriched myself with the things that were around me and that I did have access to. Books news, um, ensuring that you have a mind that can engage with conversation about um, global issues, things that are, are relevant in the news. Um, if you are, as a young woman, sitting in the room with, with somebody in the, for me, energy and um, renewable energy and water and all these things are very important. So if you were sitting in the room with, with somebody of that nature, would you be able to have an opinion? doesn't matter if it's right or wrong. The point is that you have absorbed the information and you're able to articulate it and have an opinion. And as young women, that's very, very important. We need to educate not only our country, but our continent. We need to ensure that education is, is, becomes a societal priority. We have the right to an education, and not just any education, but a quality education. And as young women, I believe that we are at the forefront of this movement. When I had opportunities to travel overseas, I participated in a competition overseas called Miss Earth. And I was, I was the first Miss Earth South Africa. There wasn't an official program in this country. But when I came back and I was given an opportunity to, to set up the Miss Earth South Africa program in South Africa, I grabbed it with two hands. Now, this became, for me, my um, opportunity to, to create a leadership program for young South African women. And this is women that are in, in township areas, rural areas, as well as urban areas. The environment and climate change, for me, I believe that this is one of the biggest challenges that we will face as a generation. And this is our challenge to fight. And it is up to us if we're going to have a planet and if we're going to have... The, the resources that we, we take for granted for the next 20, 50, or 100 years. So I set out to develop a program where we'd be able to educate young women and get them actively involved in their communities. Today, the Miss Earth South Africa program is 11 years old, and on Saturday, uh, this Saturday, we will announce our 11th um, Miss Earth South Africa. And for us, this isn't about a competition. In fact, the girls don't even uh, parade in evening wear or swimwear or anything like that. They are judged on their communication skills. They are judged on their ability to connect with others, with children, 
with uh, people in the media, with people in government, and how they inspire children and community members. So for me, this is my baby now, and I'm very, very proud that the Miss Earth South Africa program blueprint is one that is now implemented in just under 100 countries around the world. For us, we, we pride ourselves in making sure that young women understand the important role that they play in society. We often are the head of a household. We're mothers, we're sisters, we're daughters. And we play an influential role within our communities. And it is up to women, young women such as yourself, to make sure that you do something positive. And if each one of you goes back home and is able to inspire or mentor one other young, young woman, we are building a generation of women who will be very powerful and very strong. And we need to do this in order to move our continent forward. I've been very privileged to work across Africa and recently came back from um, work that I'm doing in Cote d'Ivoire. And you go to places outside of South Africa and you realize why we have so many other Africans wanting to come into South Africa. South Africa is very much this white picket fence of Africa. Yes, we have problems and we have our own challenges. But the challenges that lie outside of our borders are far greater than you could possibly imagine. We need to make sure that we fix what we have here at home. And we need to pride ourselves in being South African and South African women at such, a, such an important part of our history. I may not look black, but I don't believe that I'm not South African. I was born here, my parents were born here, my grandparents were born on this continent. So I'm most certainly as African as the next person. And it's up to me as a young woman to inspire and to motivate other young women and other Africans across our continent. But while we do this, and even though we have Women's Month and Women's Day and all these kinds of things, we have to remember that we need to uplift the male counterpart. Because we cannot be in a place where we have a strong, strong group of women, but they do not have male counterparts who are equal to them in strength, in mindset, and in ability. And the way of the world is that men and women um, should be equal. So as we uplift ourselves, we must empower the boy child as well. So for us, that's very, very important as part of our work and part of the work we do under the Miss Earth program. Leadership is something that for me, I believe, it is something that it's a place where, where you allow for an environment that allows other people to be the best that they can be. And obviously the success of true love stems on that very core as well because it's creating an environment for success. And I've, I've also been very, very privileged to, to talk quite extensively and share many conversations with the Vice-Chancellor of the University of Johannesburg. And this is a man who has also built a university and is driving on, on a path to create and inspire that, excellent, that excellence that each and every one of you leaves this university with. And as an alumni network, it is imperative that you shine outside 
of, of, this, of this space that you've grown in over however many years you're here at this university. We are all Africans, and it's up to us as women to ensure that we move our country forward and that we move our communities forward. It's important that we don't forget where we come from. We should never, ever forget where we come from. Because once we do that, we allow history to repeat itself. We allow the children that are left behind to live without dreams and hopes. I was very lucky to, to live for, for some time in, in Cambodia and Vietnam, in the slums. And I lived there to try to develop a community upliftment program where we would get the children who beg on the border to go to school. But they weren't going to school because AIDS in those countries is, is very rife. And there's no parents. With many of the children who are begging, there's no parents, so they live with the grandparents. And the grandparents are looking after children that um, the oldest child in the family could be about 25 and the youngest is three. And they're about seven, eight children. And this grandmother is living on a, a little grass hut on stilts in the middle of absolute squalor. And the children who beg are so poor that they don't even wear clothes. They cannot afford them. Not underwear, not anything. So they're absolutely naked and they're begging on the border just for one dollar. If they make one dollar in that day, that's great because that means they can have something to eat. And in this village that I lived, um, the staple diet were locusts and um, insects that are, are really quite... Um, Sure, you can walk past trees and you can just pull them off. So they, they eat them because they're very rich in protein. The one thing I realized that in this country specifically, the children lack hope. They lack vision for a better future for themselves. So we really, really need to remember that hopes and dreams need to stay alive. And we need to encourage young children and young women to have hopes and dreams bigger than they can imagine possible. Because there is no such thing as impossible. Impossible is nothing. And I'd like to leave you with that thought, that impossible is nothing. Challenges, challenges happen everywhere. Um, my sister, I'm very, very honored to be able to say that she got two, two degrees. Um, she's a master's graduate and um, in two different um, fields of study. And She's a very, very successful young woman now. She is also working for the United Nations Environmental Program for Southern Africa, and she's the youth ambassador. And um, she, she does quite a bit of work with UJ in Soweto. And, you know, for me, my biggest thing was the next goal that I had to achieve when I couldn't achieve my own dreams. I had to reevaluate where I was and reevaluate my path. I couldn't put my dreams to rest. And that's exactly what I've done. So the way that I've gone about doing the work that I do might be unconventional, but I didn't put those dreams in a box and close them. My brother is in his third year of architecture, and um, I've been able to, to put them both through university. And for me, that's a great honor. And because I never let go of those dreams that I had as a young girl, um, I just, you have to work, and you have to work so perfectly, as Lorato said, you have to work at being excellent and being your best. And the next day, being better than you were the day before. Because that's how you will achieve anything you hope for. Because anything is possible. And, um, you know, for me, I've had great challenges. Um, and 
there's not enough time to share them all with you, but one day you can give my book. Um, but, you know, those challenges have just made me who I am. And I'm very, very proud to be who I am. Um, I live just outside of Soweto. And Soweto, for me, is, is, is my backyard. And the next time, those of you who stay there or those of you that visit there, when you go down, I work very, very much um, in many parts of Soweto. And my biggest thing has been to green Soweto. The trees that you see on, on um, the main road going down um, just before you get to, to Barra, all those trees on that island, I planted, uh, I think it was about 2,500 trees in 2009. And those trees today provide shade. And those trees today are still there. And for me, that's part of the legacy that one day I will leave. And you need to find what it is that inspires each and every one of you and go out and do that thing. What the world needs is for people to decide what it is that they want to do and what inspires them and then go out and do that. Because the world needs people who are really oozing with passion, with drive and determination to be all that they can be. Thank you so much once again for, being, um, for allowing me to be in your company today. A room of young women like this is an absolute privilege uh, to be a part of. And I hope that this is a continual thing. When you go back into your own spaces, when you go into the workplace, make sure that you think back to, to moments like these and you create networks like this within your own space because it's networks like this that develop and empower women. And we need to remember that we need to be there for our sisters, and um, that goes in the workplace, at home, in our communities, because women, unfortunately, often pull you down more than a man um, in the workspace. And uh, we need to build each other and to be the shoulders that, that we are able to, to lean on when we need things. And as young women, I, I have to just uh, put my my five cents in here, please make sure that you think of the environmental impacts you have on your, on your family, on your environment. And when you one day have children, look at those things because they're things that we can do to be better mothers and better uh, caregivers, you know. And there, there's so many different things. But we need to be more conscious of the environment that we have and we really, really have to look after it because we only have one earth and um, we only have one chance to be a good mom. So I'm very, very proud. I have a little boy. He's three years old. And um, he, another challenge in my life, because uh, <laughs> when he was five weeks older, um, my ex-husband threw us out. And I uh, had absolutely nothing. He wouldn't even give me a nappy or anything for my baby. But, um, you know, I had to make a very, very difficult decision. You either walk away from things that are not good for you and things that don't grow you and people that do not develop you. Or you make a decision to, to look back in 10, 15 years' time and realize that you were a subject of your own choices and you allowed those situations to happen. So I think it's really important that you all evaluate the people in your life and the people that you allow yourself to be inspired by. They say that we are most like the five people that we spend the most time with. And that's an interesting fact. Scary as well. So reevaluate who those five people are. And remember the power and the, the special essence that's inside each and every one of you. And make sure that you're the best that you possibly can be. Thank you very much.